For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. See that, Rob? Not so bad, eh? Oh, it's good. (laughs) Listen, every day is a holiday. I'm just so excited for tonight. We got a Badger legend, an NFL legend. Super Bowl uh, champ. Super Bowl champ. Um, and literally when I saw him, I was like scared immediately. So, uh, Rob, what's the first question I asked you? I was like, how weird is it to be this tall and this big and everyone's talks to like your chest? Yeah. You get used to it. I mean, <laughs> years and years of practice. Matt, introduce our, introduce our, our, our beautiful guest here. We have one of the greatest offensive linemen in the history of a long offensive line program from Wisconsin. Super Bowl champion, uh, All-American, Rob Havenstein. I pronounced it correctly. Rob, such an honor to have you here. We had your former Rams teammate, David Edwards, about two months ago. Now we get to hear from the other side of the line from that Super Bowl winner. Uh, We'll have to get Logan Bruss at some point as well, you know, just to fill out that Rams offensive lineman trio. But, Rob, thank you so much for being here. Rob, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Can't wait for it. Uh, Of course, man. Of course, we appreciate you being here. Um, So before we hop into it, though, got to remind you guys that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. NHL playoffs, NFL playoffs. By the time you're listening to this, both of those series may be done. Who knows? Either way, MLB, casino games, golf. I mean, you name it, it's over there. MMA, boxing. Head on over to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. 
let's get it started, Rob. Uh, first of all, you don't see a lot of dudes coming from Maryland to Wisconsin. I want to go back a little bit, though. Are you born and bred in Maryland, or did you got, did you move around a little bit before you hit up high school? Nope, Maryland, born and raised until I left in you know right after high or yeah right after high school to go to college. Rob, when did you become such a like a ginormous human being though? Uh, it was a, I was always, I was always big. Uh, I got a twin brother and he, me and him are always, uh, we were always taller. I was always a little bit wider than he was. Um, but, uh, I kind of got really big in terms of weight, rot, weight wise, uh, throughout high school, um, which is hundred percent my own fault. I stepped on the scale when I first got to Wisconsin, you know, just a smidge heavy. Um, <laughs> But in terms of like being, I mean, I was a six-five freshman in high school, and then I want to say we went to like six-seven and some change, maybe sophomore year, and then got up to eventually where I am now, which now I'm getting shorter. So it's six-seven and five-eighths, but I tell everyone six-eight sounds better, you know. <laughs> Either way, you are an extraordinarily tall dude. I think you, yeah. Aaron Gibson, and Joe Thomas, like the three tallest offensive linemen we've had at Wisconsin. Oh, so it's nice company to be in. Um, how old were you when you started football? Were you a little kid starting football? Were you like me and Bernie where you got like, you had to jump up older ages because you were too fat? Like, you know, what, what, where was your, what was little Rob's? Don't fat shame us, Matt Perkins. I'm <laughs> saying I was one of them. I was a fat. We were kid. double X helmets and That's there were cool. no triple X's. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was a, uh, so I grew, I grew up playing basketball, a uh, little bit of baseball here and there, but I grew up playing basketball mostly me and my brother, my sister, both my brother and my sister got scholarships to play D1 basketball, so they continued on with that. Um, I didn't start playing football till I was in ninth grade. Um, honestly, because of the reason, uh, I would oh, I would have to play the offensive line. My dad was always kind of a uh, believer when you know kids are kids, you kind of let them experience everything. So he was always my coach for a lot of my youth league uh, basketball games, so, and we just kind of start in a rotation so you'd start at the point guard next game you'd start at shooting guard and go down from three four five and everyone would kind of get a different experience i guess and not saying you know i was uh you know i wouldn't find myself in the post every now and again but uh in terms in in, in terms of football just he, he never liked the fact that you know i just I, I could never even have a chance to touch the ball um because of because of the weight limits what you said you know so so, so bluntly that you know we would have been too fat for it were your parents athletes? Uh, sort of, yes, no. Um, asked my dad; he was a really good athlete. Uh, I didn't really believe very much, but he was uh, <laughs> he was six six. My mom was a I think she cheerleader, cheerleader for a little bit, but she was you know just over six foot six one. Um, so there's no there's no real surprise why me and my whole family are tall. Did, Rob, we share a lot of commonalities because my dad. Is a, he's like six one. My mom's five eleven, but I don't think my mom ever played a sport. Sure. Hopefully, she's not listening because if she did, I don't remember. And my dad played baseball and basketball, yep. so football wasn't even on the slate of like things you could do in life. Sure. So, so it's interesting that you have that. It's and it's um. It's also interesting that your brother and your sister went and played basketball mm -hmm. somewhere else. I guess like when you fill out like we all did here, you gravitate towards a sport that allows you to be a little bit thicker. Yeah. Um, so like, so what, what happened in eighth grade to ninth grade that said like, Hey, do you want to play football? Like who, who, who put that thought into your head? 
Well, it was always kind of in my head. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's, there's been, you know, people when I was growing up and like, you know, the people in my, my hometown, uh, you know, a lot of the guys there, they were playing when they were young. So they were on the youth teams together and kind of grew up in the leagues together. And, you know, there were a couple comments made of being like, you know, I'm going to be so far behind because I'm not playing. And then, so I, it's always been on my mind of like, and then it basically said, once you get to high school, you can play whatever you want. And so that was kind of the decision I made. And I had a, uh, I was just growing my relationship with coach Connor, our, uh, our head football coach at, at Lincoln high school. Um, and he was a, uh, he was an awesome guy and just a, just, just an awesome coach in my life. So it was always, uh, something I wanted to try out. I mean, when I started my first, I mean, I was still pretty bad my senior year comparatively, but you know, of, of like, you know, but for what I knew then, I was, I was good cause I was bigger than everybody, but freshman year I stunk second year I stunk third year. I was kind of stunk. And then, you know, fourth year was like, ah, I'm at least bigger than people. So <laughs> it but do you out. think it's from not playing early or do you think it's just like, it's, it's a hard curve to get into football, <clears throat> excuse me, as a lineman and just come into it as a ninth grader. Cause a lot of people start later and it seems to be like they peak maybe where, what you've done is sure. in college. And now you played nine years where you're on your ninth year. Sure. Is now, there anything, what do you think about that? Like some people started third grade, second grade. Yeah, Matt. I mean, that's an awesome question. Uh, I think, I think maybe there's something to it. Honestly, I haven't really thought about it too much. Um, but when it comes to, you know, when you're, uh, it's going to be a bad analogy because we're talking about football, but like when you're building a golf swing and you get a bad teacher and you got a lot of bad habits, like it's hard to phase those, those bad habits out if you've been doing them for five, you know, five, six years or something like that. And that's kind of what you know is your basis. So um, maybe there's something. Dude, that's to- a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a, that's a perfect analogy. analogy. Yeah, that makes complete it's, sense. <laughs> and it's honestly, it's, it's, it, it's in a way because football is growing as a sport and it's, you know, techniques are constantly evolving. And so if you get taught, you know, if you're lucky enough to get taught, you know, good technique later on in life, like you can have a, your body's more developed, you have a better understanding about things. And, you know, granted I started in that video, I didn't really know what was going on, but when I got to Wisconsin, I just almost kind of like a, you know, kind of like a blank, you know, a blank slate of, you know, I know how to be coached. I guess. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, uh, I mentioned coach Connor before he's a, you know, he does an awesome job with, and, you know, being able to kind of adapt to a new system, a new way of doing things and not having a million bad habits. You know, I just have a thousand, you know what I mean? <laughs> so what, one question I want to ask you this, you have, you have a twin brother. Yes. What was like, I assume you guys were very competitive with yep. each other growing up. What's your relation? What was your relationship like with your brother growing up and how did you guys push each other? Uh, like you said, we were just kind of uber competitive about anything. I, you know, I mean, I think honestly, the only reason I play golf now, I mean, I do like it, but is to, you know, beat him the one or two times I could go back and actually play on a family vacation just to have those bragging rights for a while. Still the one or two times I do play. I mean, I like it. Yeah. I love that sentence. Yeah. I play golf a lot, but it's with him because he's on the other side of the country and I'm out and I'm splitting time between LA and Wisconsin. So I don't get back much or as, as, as much as I'd like to, but we were always growing up and, you know, we had a, we uh, put up a court in our driveway and then, you know, painted all the lines and it was kind of sloped. So if you shot a three from the left corner, you had to take some off. Otherwise you're going to airmail it down the, uh, <laughs> we lived on a big old hill too. So if you, I mean, if you got a hard bounce, right, it was, 
that full sprint to the so the ball didn't go down the hill. <laughs> walk down there, depending on how tired you were, trying to go find the keys to the tractor so you didn't have to kill yourself trying to get back up in the Maryland heat. But uh, I mean, it was pretty much went everywhere. Baseball, a lot of basketball. I ended up, I kind of started lacrosse my. Oh God, eighth grade year, seventh grade year, sixth grade year, something like that. Just kind of picked out a book as it was kind of getting early and didn't want to play baseball anymore and said, I want to play that. So we ended up getting into that, became competitive in everything we do. We were in the chess league together. I was really bad at that though. <laughs> <laughs> I was really bad. So I kind of, I kind of dumped that after a while. Wait, Rob, you're, you're a big human being. If you, yep. if you haven't met Rob, he definitely commands a room when, when he walks in. Rob, what, I mean, when did that come? Like, when did you just form into this, like, massive human being? And I don't want to be rude. Like, you're not a fat dude. Like, you are just a sure. massive I appreciate it. guy. And, like, when I, when you walked in, I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. That yeah. is a dude. So, like, well, when did that come? And how, I mean, just when, I'm just so fascinated with, like, huge monsters of, yeah. like, human beings that somehow are not normal. Like sure. I I'm six one two fifty. I you can see I have no neck, but I'm pretty much still in like the normal like window of sure. human beings. Dude, you're not. So yeah. like when did that happen? Out of that. Um well, <laughs> we already kind of touched on the height and I know I was kind of alluding to before. So I was uh uh my first weigh in at Wisconsin I was three hundred and eighty pounds and that was just built by oh yeah, I know that's exactly what I thought. I literally turned around on the scale thinking somebody had a foot on it and like pressing it down. Because the, the local scale at the uh, my gym back home in Maryland just it wasn't accurate past like three thirty, so I, it always read me at three thirty, three thirty five. And I looked online, and you know I see Josh Josh Oglesby six eight, three forty, Travis Frederick three twenty five, Peter Kahn's, Gabe Karimi, John Moffat, all those guys, and I'm like, oh, I'm you know three thirty five, I'm kind of in range, and I step on <laughs> three eighty, and I was like, holy crap. So that was a little Dude, bit. That's why I never stepped on the scare, a scale there. Well, that was the problem. They made me do it. <laughs> I know. I know. And I, and, and I said, I won't do this. No. no. And they said, you have to. And I said, you don't, you're, no one's forcing me to step on a scale here. Yeah. Like you're not going to fight me for this. And yeah. then uh, my coach was like, uh, Bernie, it's a little out of line. Like you should step on the scale. It's for health reasons. I'm like, it's not for health reasons. Like yeah. you're going to yell at me if I no. am too fat. Well, and he's like, yeah, but I'm going to yell at you if you're not. So yeah. I'm like, well, you're just going to yell at me. So what does it matter? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, luckily for me, I did get on the scale, kind of have a little reality check. And then I got up with my, uh, uh, our, my, my head athletic trainer, who was the assistant trainer at the time, Brian bought, pulled me, pulled me over after I want to say, yep. Well, love to death. And, uh, I want to say three workouts in kind of pulled me after and, you know, for three eighty or whatever the heck I was, I never did uh, see four bills. There was a rumor going around that that was 400, but I never did see it cause I didn't get on the scale. So you can't prove it, Matt. All right. Three eighties at tops. And, um, so he, so he, he grabs me after he's looking at me. He's like, Hey Rob, we think you're a good player. Otherwise we wouldn't recruit you. And I'm just like, my, you know, my first week of, summer right and he's like but you got to lose weight i was like yeah i understand i get it <laughs> so uh, i've been on a what it's been five years in college and nine years in the league so i've been on a 14-year diet so uh this has been this, <laughs> this has been over a whole bunch of years to even the uh you know the absolutely trash can of a body it is now but it's uh it's gotten better i've you know i at, as i've gotten to 
older it's been, um, you know, kind of a slow decline to try and, you know, honestly kind of get to a position where I can, I can maintain this weight without doing anything weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because also, like, just as an outsider, as someone who's been following, like, badger recruiting and all that kind of stuff, you were a bottom-heavy 380 when you arrived. You always had, like, a you always seem to have, like, a like a very sturdy lower half, and a lot of guys who are at that rate are just have big bellies, but you never had that big belly. Like, what yeah. was it? You, maybe you did. Maybe you did when you arrived. Maybe I didn't see that. I still got the belly. <laughs> well... Either way. So do we. So do we. Either way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before you get to Wisconsin, you were recruited by not just Wisconsin, Penn State, Stanford, Virginia, Wake Forest, North Carolina, like tons and tons of programs. You know, we, we ask everyone who comes, like, what made Wisconsin stand out and why Wisconsin when you have offers from top programs across the country? Sure. Um a couple different things. You just, you know, um, honestly, I got a lot of really good advice from my father, uh, from my coach. Uh, like nobody was pulling me in a direction, no matter what, you know, what fans they were. If somebody was a Penn State fan, if they were important to my life, like my dad, and my mom were, uh, Coach Connor, who I've looked up to a lot. Like they always kind of said the same thing. They were like, "We're not fans of any 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 one program. We're just fans of Rob Havenstein." You know, obviously, you know, my mom and dad would say son, but. Um, it was so that kind of really allowed me to kind of sit back and, you know, really think about what I wanted in my college experience. Cause for me, this was, you know, this was a one and done, um, you know, and I understand it's a little different uh, here in the uh, college football era, but in my mind, I, you know, I wanted to go make a good decision. I had been to Penn state a couple of times being it's in driving range and, you know, just the allure of that was awesome. Um, Maryland was a little, I don't, I don't want to say a little too close from home, but I, you know, I kind of wanted to get out and, you know, just see some, meet some different people, see some different things. You know, I didn't want to do the same thing, you know, geologically my whole life. And that's something I thought was cool. And, uh, one thing happened, uh, Penn state sent me the wrong recruiting letter to another offensive tackle. And it's a great story. I don't even think they know about it, but it was, uh, I'm not going to say the kid's name because it doesn't matter who the kid's name is, but it was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of looking at it. It's like, oh, that's not, that's weird. Like, I got to deliver it to my house, you know, with my name on the front. But in the letter, it was dear, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we really want you to come, blah, blah, blah. There's, uh, you know, if we don't get anyone in this class, but we get you, we'll grade it success. And this kid was an offensive tackle. And I was like, hmm, that's pretty telling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, not that I did anything out of spite or, or vengeful. It was just, it was, you know, one of those things that kind of was, was put in the back of my mind for, you know, banking, um, uh, not interest, but, you know, banking knowledge about kind of how I'm going to make my decision. But one of the biggest things is when I first actually went to Wisconsin, I went with my uh, uncle who lives in Michigan, flew up there, hopped over. And, um, I walked in the door of the old weight room back when there was no windows and you know absolutely no hope which i still love um there was, uh in the basement exactly the basement yeah that was the one that i used for yeah. five years of my entire life no windows my favorite weight room ever there was just yeah. that whole thin red carpet on concrete it was beautiful beautiful anyways i'm, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked no, 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 you're make me no you're no. not no you're not when you do russian twists on that carpet you could hear the metal clank uh, like you, on the floor you're not wrong there but there's uh so i so i was waiting kind of in that little hallway and you know some of the old linemen were in there getting getting a lift in 
And one of the recruiting guys, hey, you know, Bach, can you go? I didn't know about it at the time, but hey, can you go grab some of the guys, meet this recruit? And they came to the door, and it was the first time, and I've seen a program where I'm literally looking at people eye to eye. You know, they're six, 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 five, six, eight. Was Josh? He was. He always, Josh always stands out to me. I mean, he's a huge, he's a huge dude, <laughs> and he was he was very influential in my time there. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, oh, you know, I just kind of generally look like I fit in around here. You know what I mean? Um, and then I went to a game. Uh, I want to say it was Travis Frederick's first start against San Diego State, maybe yeah, Fresno, some red team. I don't know. Yeah, two thousand nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. Yeah, yeah that sounds about great. right. Yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah. Travis was my host after, and you know, you just kind of go around see the um, see the campus and everything. And it's I, you know, I went during. Well, it was the starts of August, and so it's beautiful there, and you know it's not freezing cold yet, and uh, you know you see you know, everyone's out and around, you see jump around, you, you know it's just like man, this is just you know, it's kind of got a different feel to it, and just the whole town, and then once you oh I'm sorry, I'm not getting on tangent, but that's that's basically no, there, there, there's no such thing as, as as going off topic here on this pro, on this yeah. podcast, which is one of the things I love about doing it. Share what you want to share. Yeah, so we know because we always ask about the officials. So I mean, yeah. we're we're, we're going to go in and ask you about your officials. So Travis Frederick's your host. Yeah, walk us through well, it, like I'm, like you know what 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 sold it. Like, wait, what let's go back special. for one second though. If Penn State's on the list until they screw up their letter, which is must be mind boggling to all those guys there. But who else is on that list? And what's like? What's an exciting? Like, what's your top five or top three that you're like, man? I want to be at one of these schools. Well, uh, so my whole family is originally from Michigan, so I really wanted you know a University of Michigan offer. Um, but that was during kind of the Rich Rod era, and I didn't fit. I fit the original mold. Of, well, I, mm-hmm. I thought I fit the original mold of you know Michigan, you know, big offensive lineman, you know, Jake Long, everyone like that. Um, and then, and then Rich Rod era took over, and uh, there was just a, you know, just got a couple letters, stuff like that, a couple calls, nothing really happened there. Um, but in terms of what I actually got, I was really looking at Virginia, um, Maryland, Penn State, Wisconsin. Once I kind of narrowed it down, I did take an official visit to Wake Forest, and uh, it was a you know, it was a cool place and, you know, a lot of good history, but it was, it's, you know, it's just a different feel. You go to the games and people are in sundresses and big floppy hats and the, you know, the, the dudes are there dressed, you know, dressed in, you know, a little collar and the coats. And It's also to, tiny. It's also a small it's school. Very small. Yeah. And there was another, uh, there was a kid from my area kind of walking me around during that official. And I was just kind of like, well, that's kind of the same thing I thought of Maryland, like a little too close to home, blah, 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 which I still, it's North Carolina. So it's a little farther away, but uh, you know, Madison's it, have both you guys know Madison's just different. It's just got a different feel. Like if you took the university out of Madison, it would survive. If you took Madison out of the university, it would survive, you know, like that, that's the really cool part where you get kind of a big city feel, but not really a big, like a big city or excuse me, uh, big town, small city type feel where it's like, you get a little bit of both and you get a little bit of everything. If you're looking for, you know, NYC, then you go to NYC, you know, that's, that's, that's a different story. But to me, that was kind of what I was looking for. We lived in farmland in Maryland. Um, didn't, not on a farm, but you, like, you know what I mean? Uh, like just kind of how most of Wisconsin is. Mm-hmm. You know, our uh, football field was in a cornfield. 
and the farmer wouldn't sell, you know, half the, or the lot on the other side of the field. So they could put bleachers on and this <laughs> 20 years until I think eventually sold it. But, uh, you know, so that's kind of what I was, what I was used to and having, and then going to Wisconsin and, you know, it just kind of felt different, but right. So who, what, what, what other, um, trips did you take? Whatever official visits? I think truly officials. I only took. Did I take a? I, I want to say a fish. I might have only took in Wisconsin, but there is definitely an unofficial to Wake Forest, and that that might be an official. Honest, I can't remember that well. But I've I've, I've been to Maryland one hundred and thirty seven thousand times. <laughs> uh, been to camps, all you know, all, everything like that. I've been, you know, I went down, saw games, met people. So I was I was always a little bit there, and then Penn State. I uh, didn't do an official, um, but did a couple unofficials. I mean, it was like a three-hour driving distance, so saw right. two, two, three games, went there a couple times. And a lot of the programs that I was looking at, there was questions about, you know, head coach longevity. Um, like uh, Ralph Ridgen was the head coach in Maryland, and, you know, that was that was always being talked about in Maryland as, you know, any any sports team do whenever you have a bad season. And somebody's got to get fired, you know. <laughs> And then I want to say Al Groh was in Virginia. Uh, he was kind of on his way out. Um, the only, well, I mean, obviously it was a horrible situation that happened. And, and honestly, I'm absolutely, you know, gutted for the whole program. But the, everything that happened with Penn State would have been right in the smack dab of my time there if I would have went there. Because I, the reason I had, well, a lot of these offers, there was a kid in my class, Zach Swanak, who was like the number one fullback in the nation. Like six two, six three, two forty five, big old farm kid, ran a four five, you know, bench the house. You know, he was a prototype linebacker, but he you know, he wanted to play running back, which he was uh, he was really good at too. We won we won states with him playing you know, running back and you know, middle linebacker pretty much both ways, but he was just a stud. So he got a lot of different, like a lot of looks. And it was like kinda, you know, once the guys came into the school, you know, it was kinda like, Hey, do you got anybody else? And we're like yeah, we got this six, seven kid. You want to come take a look at him? And that's kind of how I got Wisconsin from, from what I think. Um, I know, uh, coach Bostad was a big believer in, you know, you draft or drafting, uh, recruiting size. So that's kind of, I mean, everyone seemed to have fit a mold whenever, whenever coach Bostad was recruiting. So you show up, Mm -hmm. you, you're at Wisconsin, you go to a game, what do you guys do? Like what, what happens after on the recruiting trip? Well, I wait around for probably an hour and a half for Travis to do all of his media obligations. <laughs> so I'm just standing there and they're like, <laughs> like, like, where's Travis? And I was like, I think he's still in media. I don't know. And he comes out. Hey, sorry about that. Oh, no worries. You know, I'm just a high school kid. I'm not going to say anything. I don't know if I'm going <laughs> We go to a couple different parties, uh, meet up with a couple different guys, go have a good time. Nothing crazy. Um, I wasn't, you know, a huge partier back then. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think it, yeah, it didn't get too crazy. And then, uh, I know a couple of the guys <laughs> that I was there with did, who actually are kind of funny, actually came to, came to Wisconsin in my freshman class, you know, cause they were, uh, it's was some the next day flying out and it was, uh, one guy was sleeping in the middle of the middle of the airport and his mom was all real upset. And so she was, uh, telling him how he went out and got a little bit too, a little bit too hydrated and <laughs> missed the flight, <laughs> missed the flight home. And yeah, I'm pretty glad I didn't do that. But 
Um, I'm pretty sure that never happened to anyone else besides that one kid. Yeah, no. It's, yeah. <laughs> I've got a drinking ticket in Wisconsin. That, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, exp- wait, talk about that, if you will. You have a drinking ticket? You're a f- Dude, you're a freaking 6'8", like, beacon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, um, that's how I – if I was a cop, I'd be like, let me see your ID. <laughs> so, uh, without getting t- uh, too much into it, there was uh, – Special limitations is over, but you know. <laughs> well, good. Now I already did my uh, stair master to you know go ahead and, and get rid of the punishment, which I'll speak on that in a second. That's actually kind of funny too. Um, basically, had got a little bit too hydrated. Uh, tried to walk home. I thought my I thought my apartment building was a parking garage. Couldn't understand why it only I lived on the sixth floor and why it only went to three. And so I kind of just gave up and sat down and ended up having a nice little nap, uh, like in the parking garage. And so it was kind of like, because I was a large man sleeping in a parking garage, uh, there were some, uh, police called and luckily everything turned out fine. Um, you know, like I said, I had to, I had to make those phone calls and Hey, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I'd report for duty for the old Stairmaster. So, but because I was 380 when I first came in, uh, what bot did was basically, Hey, how do you shred, you know, shred fat off guys, stick on a Stairmaster for 45 minutes. So I'd been doing mm-hmm. this two and a half years. So it was, you know, <laughs> I almost had to kind of sell it a little bit because it was at like five in the morning. I'm just kind of, you know, doing my, doing my steps and, uh, you know, my coach would walk in, I kind of have to like bend over like, Oh, it's so hard <laughs> without being like, all right, I hey, don't speed that up real quick. There, thank you. <laughs> what takes, what what could possibly you have drinking that night just to a, put you uh, just, in that state of mind? Just a little bit too much. Just a little bit too One much. fishbowl, probably. That was it. I didn't even make it to the bar. <laughs> 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 I was in line and I got kicked out by uh, Fred Hill, who will remain nameless. Uh, he sent me home and I just was a block away and I couldn't make it home. So 100% on you know, my fault, my own accord. I, I accept responsibilities. Shouldn't, sh- shouldn't be doing that that young and uh, Should be doing it anyways. Now it hurts too much. Dude, now it hurts way oh, too. Much. I had a couple of beers last night, and I woke up today, and I was I dying. Got, and I just got a hangover from you saying you drank a couple of beers. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Wait, <laughs> Rob, I have to. I have a funny. Story. So in the summer, I got home at like two thirty, three o'clock. I was living with a bunch of football guys. I was subletting. I, I must have lost my keys, and there was a like a little teeny backyard, and I just went back there and fell asleep. Woke up at like seven in the morning, knocked on the door. I feel like everyone has these stories. Yeah. I had friends visit. They fell asleep on the uh, the bus stop, yep. like bench. You just happened to be six eight. <laughs> I happened to be taking a nap in the wrong spot. Uh, yeah. You could have fell asleep in a field or somewhere else. It would have been yeah. fine. bus I, stop. Would have been cool. I've had a couple people, a uh, couple buddies, fall asleep on. Uh, you know, they keep uh, couches on their front porch. Couple of people yep. walk up and fall asleep on those, and kind of like wake up and be like, "Oh crap, gotta go." Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, it's somebody poking. I'm like, "Hey, you can't sleep here." It's like, "Oh crap, all right, go." Yeah. I, I, I never did. I probably break the couch, but uh, that was <laughs> that was my one story. Listen, I lived across the street from Witty my senior and uh, my victory lap year. And um, when uh, one night a couple of my buddies decided that like they want to like bury each other in the sand volleyball area yeah. of Witty outside and fell asleep buried in the sand. 
<laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, I thought I, cool. I, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that's nice. It would take a bulldozer to get uh, Rob <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. I didn't mean that in a negative way. You're just too oh, tall. Like, well, I'm dig forever. Now you came in with some serious characters in your class. One of them is one of our favorite people, Kyle Costigan. Oh, um. <laughs> First of all, talk. I mean, you came in with Costi. You came in with Dallas Wallen. Yep. You came in with like there were a couple other O linemen that I think came in with you as well. But like, talk to us about your relationship with the other linemen and some of the other. I mean, Bo Allen was in your class too. I mean, another great guy, another great character. Talk to us about the relationship you had with your recruiting class and how you guys bonded. Um, I'm not sure. Did you guys do the? Uh... Who's your head strength coach at the time? So it's uh, John Detman. It was Detman. Well, Bot was an assistant at the yep. time too. Yeah. Did you guys do the uh, the sandbag tour up the, up to the football offices when you first got there? No. Uh, it was a hundred pound sandbag, a seventy five, a fifty, and a twenty five, and they, so we got all the freshmen there, and basically just you went in a line, and they all had to be picked up at one time, but it didn't matter who carried them. And you would go start from the bottom floor, where, you know, mm-hmm. where you go out to the field and go all the way up to the football offices on floor eight. And you were just walking. So we do a lap and we're like, you know, for like one of the first things, they're like, all right, you know, Herb's like, get in the elevator, go back down. I'm like, what? I'm like, we're just going to do this until somebody stops. I was <laughs> we got like three or four, and he was like, all right, good job, you know, cut her loose. But it was, like, it, was, it was kind of one of those moments where it's like, okay, you know, we got some pretty good dudes. So we're all, we we're all pretty like minded. Um, and the guys who stuck around, which obviously you're going to have some guys fall out, you know, that's just the way business works with school, football, uh, injuries happen, things like that. So, but I, you know, I think we're all, all very like-minded. And so Kyle actually came in as defensive lineman, um, when he got first recruited and then switched over offensive line. Once he realized he was, he was actually pretty smart. And it was always really good. Like Kyle was always really close with Bo Allen, Conrad Zegzebski. And like, you know, I, I, I formed a pretty good bond with those guys. And it was, you know, it was always just a, everyone, like I said, everyone's just very like-minded. Everyone wanted to get after it and wanted to work and wanted to be good. And we all kind of went about it the same way. And, you know, Kyle, you know, Kyle's one of my good friends to this day. And, you know, I love him to death and, you know, I could talk about Kyle Costco forever. I mean, that's, you talk about the strongest man alive. I mean, this man, this man had a bowl of nails for breakfast without chocolate milk. Like <laughs> it's, it's crazy. He's guys stronger than heck. I mean, he like broke a kid's arm and we were playing Penn state trying to get a fumble back, which he did. Cause he broke the kid's arm. <laughs> he's, he's just, there's a lot of stuff I can't say here, right. You know, that, <laughs> that he definitely did and, and overcame, but you know, just he, like, if, if you want to deep dive into like what being tough and what being loyal and, just having a love for a program and a love for what you do. Like, just, just go look at Kyle. I mean, for what, 14, 15, 16 surgeries later, he finished out his career. You know, we lost since we came in our true freshman year, we lost uh, TCU in the Rose bowl and then lost again to Oregon. No. Yeah. Oregon and yeah. then lost again to Stanford in the yeah. Rose bowl and then went to the capital one bowl and lost to, uh, to Davion Clowney's South Carolina Gamecocks. And then eventually, you know, in, Kyle, in Kyle's head, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, like I said, a whole bunch of surgeries at that point of just gets himself into a position to go ahead and play this last game, which he, he might know it might be his last game of the career. I, I know he gave the NFL thing a shot. And if he was healthy, he 100% would have made it. And he'd still be playing today if he was healthy. It's just 
one of those things that's you know it's just kind of got bit by the bug. But he he gets himself in position to start and just grinds it out, and you know I'll forever love that guy. It's hard not to. It's really hard not to. Like, I, I mean, he—he's—I mean, he's a legend. Even for like, like, he's a legend around the program for so many reasons. So, attention, athletes! Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti. Our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings, says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anicetti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. So you get in fall camp. Do you have like a welcome to college football moment besides when you stepped on the scale that first time? Yeah, practice number one. <laughs> I'll do practice number one. What happens in practice number one? So it's August, hotter than heck, you know, just humidity. And, you know, I'm wearing, you know, football pads, a helmet that doesn't fit, blah, 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 blah. You know, double knee braces, which I've never done before. So, like, the first practice, I'm running out, and I'm trying to run with these knee braces that catch. We're doing, like, our little warm-up cross fields, and I hit my face. So I have to, like, scramble up, and then I'm, like, running like a cowboy out wide to try and not clip them. <laughs> and so, I mean, and day one, I'm a true freshman. I'm just a blocking dummy, right? I'm just holding the bag. But the way Bo uh, ran Indy was like, I mean, go, go, sled, this, sled, go, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. You know, freshman, get up there, hold, hold, hold. And I just kind of never done anything at that pace, that intensity before. I wasn't even taking team reps. I was literally just on Indy. And then we come back after and do some Indy. And, like, I got to the point where I was just, like, so ex- – and I was really – I mean, I was super fat at the time. So it's, like, not like I was in really good shape at all. And I was trying to cut weight. Not not excuse. I was super fat. And uh, I remember getting blocked one time. And I just, you know, legs gave out. And I about 
broke Kevin Zeitler's ACL. And, you know, just, but like, it was one of those, just one of those things where it's, you know, he's just just dog cussing us and, you know, getting after it. And, you know, he's, he's in sweatpants and a long t-shirt with just sweat marks, like gray sweatpants, like all the way down to his knees. And I don't even, I don't even think he cared. And one of the great lines, uh, coach Chris actually said to me, he was our OC at the time. It was like pouring rain one time and Bo's standing there. He's, you know, he's got his hat, his hat on, you know, hands on his knees and he's just watching guys do indie. And he kind of comes to me and goes, Hey, Habs. And I was like, yeah, so close. He goes, you think, you think Bo even knows it's raining? But so, you know, we throw this and I'm just dead dying. Like, I mean, I can't even get my head up. I'm so tired. I've never felt a level of tired that bad. And I was like, dude, I can't do this, this again. Like, I, I, I can't, I'm done. That was it. Like I'm, I'm walking back through the tunnel, like, tr- like thinking of what I want to call my mom and tell her, like, I can't do this. And be like that, I'm sorry, you know? And luckily I looked to my right and there's a uh, freshman defensive lineman, same look on his face, head down. And I kind of looked at him and was like, Hey, Hey, was that as hard as it? No, he kind of looked at me and goes, dude, was that as hard as it was for you? You know, <laughs> as it was for you. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm going to die right now. And he's like, we kind of had like a little pity party together and, you know, you kind of get your breath back and, you know, you kind of go to bed and you wake up the next day. Like, okay, one more day, you know, one more day. I'll just, we'll give her one more day. And that turns into, you know, five years later. And, <laughs> and nine years of the NFL. Actually, <laughs> oh, you know, it's just, it's just something new. And you, you know, you didn't know. So the time you're a young kid, you know, what do you know? But like, you just, it's something new. May kick your butt the first time, but you adapt and overcome. You know what I mean? And that's, you, you take that to your first day of college, first day of high school, first day in the NFL, your ninth year in the NFL. There's always going to be something, some new challenge you have every year. So but the, the transition from high school to college is, a, it's big though. It's a beast. It's, it's a beast. It really is. What maybe from college, the NFL is a little different, but like you're, you're dealing with like physical, yeah. physically different human beings. Like, you, almost men, like men. Real men, like actual men. Like you show up and these dudes are 22 and I've never voted. I don't know about you, but I'd never voted in a, a, a an election before, no, you know, let alone be like 22 years old. And some of these guys were monster trucks. Yep. What, what was it like that first year for you to say, Hey, this is terrible. I hate it. Cause I think we all go through the, those ups and downs, right? Like there's every day at camp. I was like, man, we should just get out of here. Like, what are we doing here? And then you push through because your boys are there. But yep. like, what is it? What is it that that for you specific? You're like, I can do this. I'm gonna do it. There are guys like Bot. Some people are gonna help me. When do you get over that hurdle? And then when does it like click for you? Uh, I think it's different for everyone. I think kind of what, how we talked about earlier, like how I talked about the guys in my class. You, uh, even more than that, like the guys in our offensive line room. Like we had to be so bonded together because of honestly how hard indie and practice was like practice was way harder than the games and how hard that was. And so that kind of drew everyone together and me being a young guy with having such a good group of older guys, but like when you look, when I got there, it was Gabe Karimi, John Moffat, Bill Nagy. Like, those were awesome guys who were seniors and, you know, they took me around, showed me a lot of different things about, you know, what a, 22 year old, you know, can do, you know, you know, um, not me, obviously, but like take me around to bars and, you know, kind of just like show me things. And, you know, they were, they were honestly really nice, nice to me. John Moffat was, was an awesome guy to me. He said, you know, 
kind of took me under his wing a little bit. And he was like, Hey, if anyone gives you a problem, come find me. And I was like, I would be sure to do that. <laughs> okay. So I, hold on. I got to interject. I, what, one of my, one of my good buddies played with John in Seattle. Yep. And I, so I need to ask you craziest John Moffat story that is fit for an audience of a podcast. Because there's a lot of John Moffat stories that aren't. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot. Um, I, honestly, I don't. I don't know if I can say any crazy ones that are fit for this. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to get together, have a beer or six, and then probably just start talking about them sometime. But it's uh, well, listen, Bernie and I will be up in Madison in about two weeks, so we can right, make that happen if you're up there. We'll have to wait till you retire, but then yeah. six to 12 and I can't wait. Uh, all I've heard about John is that one, he's absolutely bad. Bonkers. Crazy. Yep. Bonkers. But I've met him a bunch of times and he's like your dude though. Like oh, you're, he, awesome. if I got into a fight and I never play with him, he would fight with me. If you had a W on your ball. He'd be like, Hey, that guy's got no neck and has a W. He's probably full. But it's crazy. It, do you think it's crazy to have that? Rep- like, I love that reputation for him. Oh, I love that. Like, Maybe some of the other stuff was a little outrageous, but like the fact that like I knew that guy had my back and I didn't know him was yep. awesome. Mm-hmm. And I I hope people know that about me. But like still, sure. he really would be like if somebody punched me in the face and he didn't know who I was, he would punch them in the face. Hundred percent. Yeah. No. Uh, I <laughs> I think having a guy like that is awesome. Having a team full of guys like that. That's probably a different story. But you got one guy, and it wasn't like he was always off the rails. Like he commanded respect by the way he went about his his stuff. He totally. commanded it in the weight room, how he how he led, how he got after it. Um, and obviously, I was kind of watching from a freshman's perspective. Like I said, didn't know anything back then. Still know a little bit now, but he was just he like it. It wasn't just like oh, this guy's crazy. Like let's just stay out of his way. Like he commanded things and just had had a little bit of. Uh, he just had an edge. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He just had an edge to him, and and he got to play college football the way he wanted to. And that, um, you know, who's who's any of us to say that's got to be a certain template? There isn't and, one. And like there I said, John, John did an awful, awful lot for me. You know, um, and so you know, I'm I'm a, I'm forever grateful for John Moffat. Was it me too? Yeah, absolutely. Bot speaks. I've heard some. I've had Bot at the bar talking I've about got, some, some good stories. Now, now that's a man you get a couple tequilas and you can have some good stories. Bot has way too many because he's been around for way too long and he remembers everything. everything. I don't remember anything. He remembers everything. I know. He'd be like, "Hey, remember this time here?" And I'm looking at him like, "How do you remember?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember that. You know, I have so many Bot stories, and some of them are completely like outrageous. And no, like. Blow your brain why it even happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not talking about bot Rob. We're talking about you. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so, so when, when, when does it like you, dude, what's it like to start a football game? Like, what's it like to run out there knowing you're in the game, you're playing, and you're like, whoa, everyone's here for me? Because what was your first start? Your first start was what, first game sophomore year? Uh, no. Or was uh, it retro freshman year? Redshirt freshman year, I started South Dakota State when Russell was quarterback. Um, whether I think Josh might have got banged up a little bit. Josh Oglesby was playing right tackle at the time. I was his backup. Um, or they were resting him or something. I can't remember. But I got my first start there, with and Ryan Groy got his, I want to say, I want to say his first start. Maybe I'm wrong. He um, He's obviously a year older than me, but he was, he was also in, in with us. But my first action – 
Um, I'll get back to the starting here in a second. But my first action was UNLV. We, I think we opened the season with them. And we were going into half in a two-minute drive. And I'm standing on the sideline, you know, like, cool, you know, let's, let's go scoring, boys. Like, woo <laughs> And I just, you know, I'm standing next to next, – oh, we called Coach uh, Coach Bo Dad at the time. So I was standing next to Dad, and he, tur- he, <laughs> he turns around. He, he kind of points to me and Ryan. He's like, you two, get in. And we're like, like the game? <laughs> like, is this thing out here? Or, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Flying out there. My uh, first action was a two-minute drill with Russell at quarterback. And the whole time I'm setting, I'm like, just don't kill him. Don't get him killed. Don't get him killed. Don't ruin the season. I'm like, oh, God, I'll leave right now. <laughs> but uh, starting – I think there's an evolution to it. Like as you get better and more confident and be like, okay, you know, I have that moment of I can do this and kind of what we were, you know, just talking to earlier, which I don't think we ever truly fully answered, but like basically what I'm getting to is it, it kind of grows and grows and grows. The more you fail, like the, the, the more you, the more you get beat, the more stuff you see, the more times you lose, the more times it's just so hard you can't do it. Then you just go ahead and slap that arm around your back and you you, know, you just come back the next day and you just go ahead and learn what you did before. Hopefully fix it. If not, take another day, fix it then. And you just keep going and going. And as the years get on and on and on, be like, hey, I'm in this thing. Like, I'm, I'm here. It turns to a point of like, you know, wide eyes, like, oh, crap, there's how many people are in, in uh, camera rental? Like 84,000. There's 84,000 drunk people screaming like, this is awesome. Like it turns into like, uh, like, all right, you know, like a, a focus where you, we can actually kind of like t- tunnel in and like, and get that thing out and just everyone kind of goes to blur. And it's just faces kind of jumping and bouncing. It's a blur when you're really confident about what you're going to do, you know, like how you're going to go do it. And you may not, but you're confident about what you're, plan is how you can go do it you know when you're young you know you get those eyes going it's like man i just this is so cool i just don't want to mess up you know my no my parents are in the crowd and you know cindy lou who is watching me on tv back home if i give up a sack she's gonna leave me type thing you know what i mean so it's just kind of like uh like as you grow you just you, you really kind of get into it and get after it a little bit <laughs> Dude, you're cracking me up. <laughs> I love that. But you're right, though. It is. It's. It's when you can like slow the game down, and you, you do. You fail. You get blown up. You miss blocks left, right, up, and down. Your coach is yelling at you. You're watching film. The only way to do that is to get a fire, right? To like get that burn. Yep. And the second you figure it out, mm-hmm. but so, so when was that moment? When, when do you think that was for you when you're like, man, I got this, I got this figured out and I can go now use my strength, my speed, my literal little size to blow dudes up. And like, I'm going to, I can be that dude now. Uh, so I'd say it was going into my junior year when the, you know, uh, like kind of right after junior year, go, go, Junior-ish, um, I saw, you know, like Ricky Wagner gets drafted, Kevin Zeitler gets drafted, Peter Collins, mm-hmm. guys who I've, you know, I've not grown up around because they were a couple years older than me, but like I grew up in Wisconsin watching how they work, watching how they get after it, how they play. I've heard them talk about how they think about football. And I was like, okay, okay, here's this and that. And then all of a sudden, you know, Travis goes and Ryan goes, and I'm like, oh, wait, I can do this. You know, like the NFL is a real possibility here. And so it's kind of like it kind of shifted things to me and be like, this isn't just a five and done. Let's have a good time. Like, 
let's you know obviously i was trying to get good the whole time but like you know just like a seeing that there's a future after you know what i mean um to Mm -hmm. truly kind of start putting this together because i knew i knew how those guys thought of you know i've drank with them before i've you know, been in the meeting with them for countless, countless hours. We've talked about meetings. We've been in games. I played next to them where it's like, Oh, you know, you know, got a real shot here. So we can go ahead and, you know, see what happens. So as a senior, you're you talk about all these guys who have gotten drafted. You're now anchoring that line as a senior. How did you grow into that leadership role and who were, you know, did you, how did, how are you as a leader? Describe your leadership style, I guess I would say, in the offensive line room once you are the veteran of the bunch, the next guy who's going to the NFL. Sure. Um, so, and I, I tell all my young guys in the NFL too, like when I'm long and dead, like I, I, I want them to pull anything from me that they like and just take it for themselves and just be like, oh, I did, I know I got this from him. Like, no, that's yours now. Like, cause, cause that's, cause that's what I did. And that's what I was, was kind of taught on. It's like, I saw a lot of different styles, a lot of people who had talked, but didn't back it up. A lot of people who backed it up and never talked. And then a little bit of both. And so it was kind of like, you know, picking and choosing from, you know, your favorite grocery store. Like you go in like, Oh, I like this. I like that. Ooh, I tried that. Don't like that at all. Throw that out. But like, that's, but I had such good leaders before me. And so I've, I've always, I've always liked to think, and this may be a little self-centered, but like, you know, I'm kind of like the, I'm a blue collar worker. Like I'm not going to be the loudest rah-rah in the room. You know, I don't have all the answers. I still get beat. Things happen. You know, it's, it's still football. It's still hard, but like the guys who I trusted and admired the most went out there and proved it every day. They were the example, not by just what they said, but how they did it. And then if they could back that up with words that actually meant something, then it was like, okay, like, oh, like that, that might be a little click in somebody else's mind, which, you know, for me in Wisconsin, that, that's what I'll, all I wanted to do. I wanted the next kind of generation of linemen to like take, hopefully take anything from me. And I'm not even sure if I did that. Um, but that was my goal. Uh, that was, that was how I was taught, how I had conversations with, you know, with my leaders that I was growing up. And so once I got to senior year, that's, kind of how I tried to take it. I, I, and then I, I, I did take a little bit more of a vocal role, especially with the team. Um, that was new to me. That was, uh, like I said, like I stole Travis Frederick's pump up speech one time. Like it was awesome. Love that thing. I was like, I even texted him. I was like, Hey, I want to steal this for, I think the Minnesota game. And, uh, he was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, I stole something else. And I was like, Oh, great. <laughs> and stuff like that. So it was, um, so that was an adjustment, but it was, uh, honestly, it was a good learning experience because, you know, how do you get good at leading? You know, the same way you get good at football, you fail a whole bunch of times and be like, Oh, I was, I just said something there. And I don't think I hit with anybody. So let's go ahead and, you know, adjust, adjust the message, keep it simple, whatever it is. Maybe, you know, take something back from what somebody told you, recycle that, bring it on. Like, cause if it works for you, it might work for somebody else. And if you know, you're just trying to affect, you know, if you're trying to affect as most, as many people as possible. And hopefully a lot of it was in the offensive line room. That's, Awesome, man. I mean, it really is. It's uh, that's so cool to hear. What what's it like to play like during like I I want to say like Wisconsin's golden era. Like, sure. Like we were almost, you almost like went into it was like going into like a, I don't know any type of boxing match knowing that you were going to win every single time, and yep. it was kind of awesome. What as a fan, it was 
I mean, literally every year you're like, we're going to win at least 13, 12, 13 games. What's it like being on that team? Yeah, it was really, really cool for me, obviously. Winning's uh, the most fun thing in the world. Um, but uh, <laughs> what, uh, you know, let's say like 2008, you guys won the Outback Bowl against Miami, correct? Where it's kind of just starting, you know. That was kind of when I was I was I was committed, but I was and I was watching. I was like, oh, like they can hang with you, you know what I mean? Like that's you know that's kind of crazy. And then you come in and like you said, like you're not worried about the season at all. You're just trying to survive the day as a freshman. Um, and so, but once you kind of were able to kind of like take a step back and realize what you learned that year, it was uh, you realize what it kind of went like what it took to go ahead and get those wins how far guys would, would go to push themselves in the, in the weight room. I, you know, I mean, another, another great boss story. Um, sorry, there's TV just, there's nobody else in the house and I heard noises. I said, hold on a second. <laughs> I think the TV just flipped on. Um, but, uh, like I want to say during training camp, bot had put up, um, pictures of defensive ends that they were going to play this year and slapped in front of Gabe Karimi while he was max squatting. And I was, you know, I'm sitting, you know, he's like spitting on it and bots throwing full 32 ounce power raids on the wall and smashing it. Travis is, you know, this was in the new weight room, but Travis is hang cleaning 405, which is like, not, you know, not even a pause in there and just things like that. Like, wow, these guys are one of the, you know, one of the best in college football and they are getting after it week after week, every week. Like, it's just so you expected to win, but you knew. You, you knew you were expected to win because of the work you had put in. Unfortunately for us, until we, you know, kind of ran up against like Ohio State and then just, you know, didn't go very well. <laughs> well, one game, though, that did play well, that did go well, that you were in was the 2012 Big Ten Big Ten Championship game where you guys hung 70 on Nebraska. Was, yeah, Nebraska. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. <laughs> what was it like? I, I just I, I gotta ask, what was it like to play in that game? Because that game, it felt like you guys could do no wrong. That was going. So, I mean, that was kind of the emergence of Melvin. You know, kind of bring him in, and we're running. James. That was the Jets. That was the Jet sweep galore yeah. in that game. It was that. It was here. It was James White. It was Monte at the time. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Three headed monster. monster. I mean, just a absolute three headed monster right there. And then, like, I mean, you're bringing Melvin Gordon in to run jet sweeps because you can't get him in the backfield. Like, <laughs> problem to have, but. It was just one of those things where you're just like, man, how truly special all three of those guys are. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, we blocked everything perfect. You know, I saw Monty one time, you know, like put a guy in quicksand in the middle in, in the middle of a hole in power just because somebody missed a down block and just froze him real fast and cut off. And I was like, man, that's, honestly, that was one of the coolest moves I've ever seen. And it was just, you know, those guys were incredible and it was and honestly just not honor just to go ahead and you know share the field with those those absolute legends i mean they're i mean james has had an awesome career monty's done he's done he's you know in the what the ballot for the hall of fame uh UW, was a, no he's been named uw hall of fame for this year i think okay yeah. sure um i mean to all-time touchdown leaders when he graduated like ncaa like yeah, that's I'm, insane that's insane. I, had hold, I had a hold on his last play that didn't get called 
we can remember the penalties that we didn't get. Oh, uh, I can remember a bunch of them. We always remember the negative stuff. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and then you talk about Melvin, you know, first round draft pick, what he's done, what he was able to do in Wisconsin in a couple of years, you know, what, 408 running three halves. Like, that's, come on, that's, that's dumb. I mean, it was honestly dumb that I got broken next week, but whatever. Yeah, that was yeah. that 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 was that was. But I mean, you guys put up seventy points with ten passing attempts. I mean, I, that, that that's <laughs> never going to happen again. That's never. I'm sorry. High, that's high school. That, that, that is high, high school. school. That was the coolest thing because that was almost kind of reliving the little glory days of when I was a freshman. We were watching uh, uh, the boys go, and I was I didn't travel because I was a freshman. But they went to Michigan. They didn't call a pass play in the second half. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, like, that's just like, that was everything that the room was preaching and getting, you know, this and that. And it was just like, that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't be able to win a game on that. Against and, Michigan? Against like college? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they just went in there and just, just imposed a will. And most of the time it starts slow. And then just, you know, the old stone, Stoneberg's credo of, you know, that, you know, that one, one more hit, one more hit. Then it's just like, man, it was, that was cool. So don't we have 10 and Nebraska was like, ah, that was pretty cool. It's fantastic. Um, I know we're at time, but can we, can we steal you for another 10 more minutes? Oh, uh, no, no one's here. So you got me. Oh, okay. Well, okay perfect. <laughs> so, so what's it, so dude, what's it like to be, I mean, you're having this astonishing career. You're okay. playing with some of the best players to ever step on that field. You included. What's it like to get drafted? And then, dude, you're going into your ninth year. Like, this is your profession is football. I was thinking about this today when I was thinking of questions for you. But, like, how cool is that? That's honestly really cool. And I, it doesn't seem surreal. I mean, it, it, it seems surreal, you know, to kind of almost think about because you're like, ah, you know, you say nine years. And you're like, man, that went fast. And then you're like, you get in the season. You're like, man, this is going slow. <laughs> the season ends and you're like, man, that went fast. And then off season happens and you blink and that's over with. That always goes fast. I never go slow. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's been a really good time up to this point. And it's just, uh, I mean, we drafted to St. Louis and I didn't think I was going to go in the second round. Um, I was, I was playing Euchre, a card game with my family during the, when I got the car. With the call. That's my game. I love Euchre. One of my all time favorite card games. I don't know how you can't, not love euchre it's it's, it's the best great. it's well, simply the best yeah my wife does really she she doesn't play enough to truly understand the rules so i think that's why why she doesn't get there too much but you know i'll go ahead and lean into her she'll she'll like it again but uh you know uh you know i was i just put it on just to ha- you know to have it on and have my phones next to me luckily um but i didn't get any cell service in my house luckily the thing call came through so i had to like pick it up and Bo Allen had told me a story about when he was in the uh, – he, t- he was told he was going to get picked up in what is it, like a third, fourth, or fifth round uh, by a certain team that was their pick. And the call, a call came in, and he sees it and looks down. It's, it's the right area code or whatever and picks it up and, hello? He goes, hey, this is the Red Cross. Do you want to uh, donate blood? <laughs> <laughs> And he's, you know, he's just sitting there and he's, you know, he didn't register. So he was the year before me, even though we came in together and he's sitting there telling me, he's like, don't ever effing call me again. And, you know, I'm like, oh, this is, this guy, this is one of those things, you know, it's just, I'm getting right class calling me to donate plasma or whatever. And so I ran outside real quick and I just happened to be the Rams. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me right now. Uh, and I actually just, uh, not just, but maybe about the start of OTAs. I talked to the rookies this year. 
And it's uh, kind of explaining draft day to them as they get older and older. Because when you get drafted, it's the greatest moment in your life. And it's still a really good moment. Like it's one you're going to have with your family or whoever you, wherever you chose to be there with you. Um, but then as the year and years and years get on, you're like, Oof, you know, draft day, not to, you know, well, I wonder who they're going to bring in. And then all of a sudden they start drafting a couple in your position. You're like, whoa, 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 hey, take it easy right now. And, you know, as you get older and older and older and older, you know, more guys get drafted, more here, more there. And you're like, you know, and then, then it turns to the point of like, well, I'm not worried about what other people are doing. I'm going to just, I'm, you know, I'm going to worry about what I can do type thing. So, you know, it does shift there. But getting drafted in the second round was was awesome. And, you know, I went from Melvin Gordon senior year, and then their first round pick was Todd Gurley. So I was like, wow, I mean, that's pretty fortunate. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's back to college football, and now I get to play with the other one. Like, sweet. Big fan of that. Yeah, that works out. That yeah, absolutely right. works out. So you've gotten to play, speaking of Gurley and the Rams, I mean, one of the most – notable coaches that we've had in the past 20 years is Sean McVay. Like he's changed the game in a lot of ways. What has coach McVay taught you about the game of football? Sean's just so smart about how he goes about things. Like everything in his offense has a place. It has a, it has a meaning. It has a reason. We don't just run motions to run motions. Like we run motions So it looks like another motion we have on another play, which looks like another concept we have on this play, which looks like, you know, something he dreamt about four years ago type thing, you know, like, <laughs> Like his life is football. And I, you know, I think he dreams in football. He's got, you know, if he's ever, st- you know, standing there staring at the wall, you can just imagine there's little like X's and O's that he's picturing. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just that smart about the game and having grown up with it, with his grandfather being around the, uh, the Niners and their championship run, like he's seen good teams. He's been around awesome players. He's been a coach up and through Washington for a long time, met a lot of good people there. And, when he first got his uh, job or his head coaching job in 2017, like, you know, he was obviously young and he was younger than Andrew Whitworth, which was another guy I was super fortunate to be, to be around. Honestly, I was super fortunate that Sean came in so he could bring Witt in because that was one of the best things that's ever happened to my career ever um, to bring a, a true NFL veteran. Cause when I first got to the Rams, I didn't have that cemented offensive lineman leadership leader. A lot of the guys were kind of fighting year to year, hopefully, you know, hopefully trying to be on the team, which 100, I, you know, I would uh, not agree with, but you know, can get along with. But there wasn't that one guy who's just like, you know, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm the guy, and this is how I became the guy. Take it, you know, take what you want, leave, you know, leave what you want, and and with a, a lot of the, you know, I took what I learned from Wisconsin, like I want to pick and choose some leader stuff, like. I honestly just took a whole chunk of what he tried to do. I couldn't do it physically because he's an absolute alien. Um, but of just how he thought about the game. And so when Sean came in, he brought in John Sullivan, a center, who's an absolute just savant about football as well. And then Witt, who's a, at the time was, I want to say, a 13-year NFL left tackle, like grown up through generations, battled James Anderson. <laughs> Uh, who else? Elvis Duberville, Terrell Suggs, like just, I mean, just like, oh, uh, Mathis uh, and Freeney, uh, cult, like just dogs. And so kind of getting, you know, trying to get under his wing as much as possible. And he was just such a, such a nice guy of like, he wanted to leave the NFL and the Rams better than when he got there. And, uh, you know, I think he's done that. 
what's it like? What's it like to host hoist the Lombardi Trophy? It's a little surreal. You're talking about, dude. It's the epitome of sports in America. Like there is nothing else. I'm with you there. I know they have the debates online, but what's the best trophy? And you're like, it's a Super Bowl. It's a Lombardi Trophy. Stop. Like, hundred <laughs> percent. You got 16 games. They all matter. You know, we're not playing 82 games. But you know, obviously, like you know, stuff. Sorry, I'm not taking anything from anything from other professional sports, but. You got, I guess now, 17 opportunities, and then you have, like, there's no, you have an off day, you're done, you're out. The whole season's done. Everything you did, all the training you did, done. There's no coming back for game three, game, game four, game five, game seven. That's it. You're done. That's it. And so holding that after losing in 18, Sean's second year to the Patriots, and just seeing the confetti fall, and you're, you're sitting there in 2018 like, man. I'm probably never going to get back here. You know, it's just statistics will say, it's just, you know, so you're not thinking of like that at the moment. You're just like, nah, I have to be just lose that. All we have to do is score. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get attention on that game. <laughs> We're sticking to the good stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to come back here. It's just things happen in the NFL. You know, teams don't stick around that long. There's windows for players. Like, it's just, Man, I had one opportunity. I'm going to be telling my kids about this, how we lost. You know, I lost three Rose Bowls, eventually won. You know, I thought I was like, man, I'm cursed. I just can't win the big game. I don't know, I don't know if anyone can like see this, and hopefully no one does. They don't fire me. But <laughs> it was one of those things like, man, I'm just never really going to win the big one. You know, we're like, well, obviously, we're very happy to win the Outback Bowl my senior year, and that was one of the better moments of my college career because, you know, four and, oh and four in bowl games and finally get one done. But to go in 18 into a Super Bowl, I'm like, man, you just lost. But then you, when you finally start kind of getting back on that track and things happen and all of a sudden um, you kind of find yourself in the position back there and you're at the game, like that same loss and failure that we talked about earlier about slapping that armor on. Like when we got to the Super Bowl in 2021, it was – you talk about a different feeling about like – I mean, I didn't see anything. There wasn't even people in the crowd. You know, there's just – and that was the thing I felt from everyone on that team because most of the core guys had been there through Sean's whole, whole thing. And so we were, you know, 17, 18 by storm, 19, have a really bad year, 20, just kind of okay. 21 got a good, or yeah, 20. Okay. 21 get, you know, get back to the Super Bowl. And so we're playing a, you know, obviously a, a team that uh, Sean's coaching tree, um, if you want to call it that Sean's coaching tree is there with, uh, Zach Taylor and it's like, oh, this is, you know, pretty cool. And, you know, the rocks out there. We're, you know, we're playing at home in SoFi and, you know, a brand new stadium. And, but it's still a Super Bowl. So it didn't feel like a home game at all. But, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, to, to hoist the NFC at the end was really cool. Cause, you know, I, I looked down and uh, I got two, I had two little daughters at the time and they're running around the confetti, confetti and playing. And I, you know, I just kind of sat down and just kind of had a moment of just like, man, like how much of my life has, has changed for the better from my football career. You know, the day one I walked into a, you know, obese 380 pound offensive lineman. And all of a sudden I'm standing here, you know, with my wife running around with my kids and they're throwing confetti in the air and someone's going to hand me a, you know, an NFC, an NFC championship trophy. And I was like, man, this is cool. This is just really cool. And I know, how we went about the week in 2018. So that was just another uh, bit of armor that we, you know, I could take to other guys on the team who maybe weren't there and be like, listen, this is what we have to do to win. And this is how you got to think about it. And there's, you don't know, cause you don't know, and that's not your fault, but I do know. So, and Whit knows and listen to this man and we locked in and eventually just got it done. 
I'm getting the chills and I wasn't even there. I know. Well, the other day, so there's, I got, I got, I got, I got this on my mind. So I got to bring it up anyways. And so we're down in the red zone, uh, trying to, trying to go for the go ahead score. And, uh, they ended up bringing a, I want to say double safety, um, in the a gaps, but they got to it late. I think we jumped the ball or something. So they came from depth, but Matthew's uh, staff does such a good job of seeing the safeties where he knew he, we were going to be hot because, you know, we were, we were taken elsewhere, but they got to it real late. And so we were actually able to fault. Like once the DNs dropped, we were able to fall back inside and we weren't hot. So when my guy, my guy dropped, I went to go take the defensive tackle who started looping out. And I thought he was Matthew still behind me. And, but Matthew knew, knew that, Hey, if these guys hit on the run, I'm hot. So I get, he breaks the pocket. Um, and so I'm, you know, I got my guy here and all of a sudden, you know, I just kind of feel him start tugging. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> you know, and, yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, I tried to let go as, as late because it just, I had such a good grip. I was like, oh, I don't want to waste this. Like <laughs> this plays over for me. And this guy's going this way and you'll know, throw the hands up, blah, blah, blah. I get a hold. And Matthew throws an absolute laser to Cooper in the end zone. And he, he ended up just getting, uh, ended up getting a, a, a pretty good shot to the face, actually. And then got, we, we got a uh, helmet-to-helmet penalty that negated mine. But it was just one of those things that we brought, uh, Sean had brought up in another team meeting, and I was like, out of all the plays in that Super Bowl, that's the one you got to bring it up. I was like, come on, man. But it's, he, he, was making, he, he was making a point to the team. Um and so it's just one of those things, but it's like, as soon as the play popped up and I saw the formation and everything, I was like, no, he's not going to play it. He can't play that one. Don't play the whole, play the other one. <laughs> you play the 20 good ones, not this one. Yeah, exactly. Play the no look pass again, please. Out of all of them. Like that's every time I see that still, it's the coolest thing ever. He did it at OTAs and you kind of, you, cause you kind of miss it. And all of a sudden you're slowing it down, looking at your technique on film. And as you look up, you realize his helmet's this way. He's throwing darts that way. And you're like, oh, he did it again. That's, <laughs> that's still one of the most incredible football plays I've seen in my entire life. Uh, I, was, I mean, you talk about a guy who was in position to make that play, Von Bell. I mean, he was he was locked in. If he doesn't do that, he's, you know, if he stares him down, pick game over. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I truly believe that. But he, Matthew's just a... You know, that's another guy, like you, you know, said, so one of the best football players to share the field with. You know, it's just, you know, having him as a quarterback and, you know, just the stuff he can do and his ultimate, you know, he's just such an ultimate competitor where it's just, you know, it's awesome to have this guy on your team. And Cooper Cup, my God, you want to talk yeah. about another dude? Dude. Absolute I mean, dude. Dude. But, dude. but hold on. Matt Perkins is going to ask you a bunch of questions about all the guys you've played with, sure. which I love. I have to, but, but Rob, we, I saw you in LA. I just want to bring it back to, to the Badgers for one second. I saw you in LA a month ago, let's say. Um, And it was for an NIL for the Badgers. So name, image, likeness kind of fundraiser. It was actually beautiful. It was very cool. You, you met coach fickle for the first time, I think. Yes. Yeah. So did I, what's your like overall thoughts about him and and from what your experience was that night, uh, well, I saw he uh, he was kind of making the media tour, and so a uh, couple days after that, we met him, um, and he took a photo with James White, and James's caption on Instagram was like, you know, the Badgers are in good hands, and I was like, man, that's just such a good way to put that, like, you know, screw you, James, for always having the right answer, but <laughs> but you know, hundred percent, like I. 
I think, uh, you know, there was a lot of people who were, you know, a little bit surprised by the hire. We thought maybe, you know, obviously it was going to go a different way. Um, then when Fickle's name came into it, I was like, well, obviously I've played against him. I've seen what he's done in Cincinnati. Like I didn't know him personally, but I was like, oh, that sounds like a pretty good hire. And then I met him and heard him speak. And there's a lot of head coaches who, which I think this is a kind of a dying out uh, breed, but there's a lot of head coaches that come or that have that kind of, uh, figurehead speech or the, you know, the way they talk to you, it's like, Hey, I'm not really here to, I don't really contribute much to offense and defense type stuff. Um, but you know, this, I'm just in the position because I'm, you know, I'm the head coach and that is the furthest thing from the truth at all. When, when you hear coach Fickle speak, like, this dude is dialed into the landscape of college football Honestly, when he was talking about, you know, his, um, I won't bring up what he said in the meeting, but, you know, uh, Bernie, you obviously, you know, when he talked about, you know, what he was thinking about, you know, getting out to Wisconsin, like when he was making the decision whether, you know, to pursue or not. It honestly sounded, and not being self-centered, but honestly sounded a lot how I went about my college recruiting trip that, I, you know, I, I just, you know, told you all, like, or my college recruiting decision. And it was just like, oh, this, you know, it's, you know it's, that's kind of like-minded, this kind of like-minded and then when you talk to him, shook his hand and looked him in the eye, you realize he was actually looking back. You know, he's not looking through you or above you or anything like that. He was looking at you. And that was just kind of one of those things. It's like, okay, well, he commands a room. He's got this. He's got that. Obviously, he knows what he's talking about when he started getting on tangents about football. And you're like, you know, I almost, you know, I almost kind of want to, you know, shave the beard, you know, trim the, trim the hair up a little bit. And like, I think I got a couple years left. Honestly, like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, you know, it's just the guy you want to go play for, and that's something that. Um, that's something that you, you, know, you just can't buy. You can't, you can't fake. It's just, you got it or you don't. And that's, uh, you know, like James said, you know, I think Wisconsin's just in good hands. And I was just thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with, with coach Fickle and his staff. And I saw the spring game and obviously, you know, people who look into spring games too much, you know, stop talking about spring games. All right. We didn't score a touchdown in our spring game at, uh, one year. And I think we went to the Rose Bowl. I was still. <laughs> that year is a perfect year for this example. Also, they had 13 practices to yeah. install all entirely new, stuff. new offense. Yeah, it's not. It just doesn't make you know, Rob. You've been around a ton of different play. Like you can't do that. It's not going to happen. Know, it could have been 13 years. And they had it. You know, kind of the same. You know, I don't care at all. Nah, not even a, not even a little bit. Don't care. You know, just from everything I watched and on Instagram and, you know, kind of talk with certain people, there was just, uh, you know, there's a good vibe, a good energy guys getting after it and kind of, you know, exploring, uh, exploring different ways to get better. You know, I think what's exciting about coach fickle is one. Yes. He commands a room in a way that you don't see normally, even leaders do like, he's a guy people gravitate towards, but what I'm excited about is just his, the tenacity of mm -hmm. that staff to go and get dudes. Well, Matt Perkins, you can give us the best because you do that, the you do the rundown all these, but they have what six commits in June? It's nuts. Like they're getting linemen, they're getting guys, they're getting dudes to come play at Wisconsin. And that, at least for the they would always get a couple guys yeah. and then get a bunch of guys kind of like in the middle tier to say, we'll we'll mold them. Yeah. But now they're getting guys who are like three, four, five, four stars. It's pretty impressive. Sure. No, hundred percent. When it comes <clears throat> comes down to the recruiting aspect of it, like not, I don't want to call it a sales pitch, but having a, you know, good sales guy 
like you, you know, truly believed in the product. And, you know, I think once people actually get to Wisconsin, like we were talking, like it, it's something special about the university. And then all of a sudden you throw on the fact of the history of, you know, the history of the program. And then you got, you know, what coaches or coach Fickle has been able to do in, in previous places and kind of the way the offense is going to uh, go in the future. And, but, you know, sticking to, you know, obviously Wisconsin roots, but, you know, just evolving with the way, you know, things are going. And it's, um, it's, it, it's going to be fun to see, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I've, uh, it's, it's been fun though. Having a bunch of Wisconsin offensive line, like Dave and Logan come in. Cause they're, uh, I get to ask him how many, you know, every now and again, I'll just, you know, randomly yell out the weight room as loud as I can to another guy standing next to him. Like, Hey, can you ask, uh, can you ask me how many times I lost to Minnesota? Like, just ask me. You standing next to Logan, and be like, "How many times you lose to Minnesota?" None. Our head strength coach is from Purdue, so I do the same thing with him. Like, uh, you know, hey, how many times I lose to uh, Purdue? None. Okay, cool. Fine. (laughs) Talk that smack, and you know, have a little bit of fun, and 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 everything. Yeah, but it's. uh, so you can do that. No. Don't ask me those questions, please. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. That's so perfect. Okay, so I'm going to end here with just one. I usually ask a bunch of rapid-fire questions, but I'm only going to ask one tonight because – so the entire gambit, the only, the entire reason that Bernie and I do this together was because, God, a couple of years ago now, almost, what, two, two, two plus years ago now – Two-ish years ago now, I put up a, I did a series of posts about greatest badges of the 21st century. And Bernie, Bernie was, uh, for my money, the greatest fullback of the 20th century. Alec Ingalls, still a little bit mad about that. Sorry, Alec. It's my list. I, I get to do what I want. But my offensive line was, from left to right, Joe Thomas, Kevin Zeitler, Travis Frederick, Dan Benning, and yourself. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Who and so I and, and I have I have visual confirmation that I posted this on <laughs> what day was this? I have the confirmation. July twenty July twenty fourth to twenty twenty one. So this this isn't me being some Johnny Come Lately. This is me sure. being the truth. I've got it right here. Right. This is my all twenty first century team. Wow. All right. Rob, give me your all Badger all time all twenty first century whatever starting offensive line. Well, obviously you got to go, you got to go Joe. Um, you know, that's a lock in no matter what, if you don't have it, you know, honestly, you should be like, you know, kidnapped, assassinated, buried out back. Like it's gotta happen. Uh, Thomas, uh, Travis Frederick. Yeah. I'll go Kevin Zeitler. I wouldn't put myself in. I'd go Ricky Wagner. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Rick's a good call. I'd have to have a little bit more history. Um, on a couple other guys, I'm a little shaky. So right all, we're missing a guard. All we need is a guard now. I would. I mean, John was a consensus All American, and I played with him. So I'd like to say John. Uh, am I missing? I, I I wasn't around with Dan. Um, you played Dan, with you played with Dan, right? Right, right, Burn. Dan Benning, yeah, he was a yeah. beast. Yeah, yeah. So he was a bad dude, man. He, he like we had we had some dudes who were just. To me, like just guys you would want at the college club with you if somebody was like, you know, let's let me push this guy. Especially, Dan, <laughs> especially anywhere, but especially Dan Benning, Donovan Rayola. His brother played for the yeah. Oh, yeah. for Detroit a long time. Well, I so heard him, a lot of stories about that too with Steph. 
he's he's a special human being. I, I'll, I'll leave it there. And then uh, John Klinskia was like a silent just beast yeah. in the interior. And then you had Joe Thomas, who was like, you know, you every time you went to the left, you're like, he he just will do that. And yeah. your blocking scheme was you doing what your assignment was. It wasn't reading anything. You know, going yeah. to the right was a little different. Um, but you know what? If you go real deep back, you might put McIntosh on the line. You might put uh, Casey Rabak on the Rabak line as a center. Gibby. Gibby. I mean, the, the problem with Wisconsin is it's impossible to do this. Yeah, it's impossible. Because he's – but Rob, imagine this. Matt Perkins, who is like one of these most learned human beings with Badger football, put you on that. I so do. that's what I when I reached out to him, I was like, "Man, thank you." Like I can name a bunch of guys I think are better than me, and yeah. Matt Perkins is like, "Nah, we're gonna keep no, you." I know, I know. Well, also, so that's a little bit selfish because Bernie B- Bernie's Penn State game turned me from like a fan into an obsessive. So you know, that was my first night game at Camp Randall. That was that was my first night game at Camp Randall. So you know, oh, that yes. was. That was a special experience for me. So I appreciate you that. Thank you for letting me go down memory lane for that. I'm going to go John Moffat slash Cal Koski just because I got it. Yes. There's just so many dudes who are all Americans who, you know, it's amazing. I mean, the guy's so tough. You can drink chocolate milk with a a bendy straw. Like, that's how tough he is. (laughs) It's crazy. Amazing. (laughs) It's incredible. I love it. I love it. Well, Rob, we cannot thank you enough for spending so much time with us here today. This has sure. been an absolute pleasure. Hope to see you up in Madison very soon. Um, best of luck this this year on the Rams. I have, Not too know, soon. Get like five more years in. That's right. In the well, I, said, yeah. I, just like said, six, I just said this years. year. He's got a bunch of years ahead of him. I'm just saying for this season. Because we'll have him back again next year. We can talk if about Matt it more. Perkins and I are at the bar with you, you understand yeah. that there's at least 12 cold ones coming your way. I love it. Maybe more. We'll, we won't leave you in a, a, the a first parking round, garage. Burn. I promise. I promise. We'll get you back wherever you got to go. <laughs> I, think, well, I, I think with the wife and kids, if I ever did that, I'd probably just go ahead and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, maybe I, I, I know. But Alvarez was Alvarez is probably one of the most scary dudes. Bot, JD, Herbs. But my wife? Don't. Talk about she real is, <laughs> she is really scary if I'm, I do something wrong. And my wife's five two. I'm still scared of her. Dude, my wife's like four ten if she if she thinks she's if she's standing on like a ledge. And uh believe me, I am the most whipped human being. I'm okay with it though. That's yeah, all right. It <laughs> it's fine. Totally fine. It's totally fine. So, <laughs> so listen. Well, we can't thank you guys enough for tuning in today to the Believe in Badger podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and our friends over at Well Oakbridge Wealth Management. Uh, so, until next time, it's Matt Bernstein, Rob Havenstein. I can't pronounce believe I pronounced it correctly again. Uh, so long and see you next time on the Believe in Badger football podcast and on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.